What's going on, Just Goes to Show listeners? This is your co-host, Ridge, back with the pod. We are back. It's just over here coming uh, at you live from Michigan. Wild times, but uh, we decided that we were bored enough to record another podcast with no footy going on. How you doing, Ridge? Let's go. We're, uh, I'm looking out right now from my Chicago at the Chicago skyline, kind of sun setting. It's a really nice Tuesday night, actually. Um, but that's about as nice as it gets, though. Birthday last week was a little depressing. Turned 27 with you know really nobody around. My roommate even found a way to work all day. So uh, life has been better. Wow, that's pretty sad. Yeah, um, I'm not looking at the Chicago skyline. I'm in a basement in southeast Michigan here. Um, but, you know, that's fine. We'll get through it. The, the times are weird right now. I shaved my head. I have a beard. Um, bought Call of Duty. I think I've gone through basically everything that every other 20-something male in America has over the past couple of months. I think we're all pretty much doing the same shit right now. Yeah, I like to think that our settings are kind of indicative and reflective of our personalities. You know, kind of like the skyline, sun setting. It's kind of gorgeous where I'm at right now. And then you're kind of like dwelling. You've got kind of like ingrown hairs on your head because you shaved your head in your backyard the other day. Um, you know, stuff not, like that. They're not ingrown. All right. that's, a little, well, that's a little harsh, um, but... Um. Yeah, followers should know, actually, that Chris has only ever shaved his head one time before, um, and that was actually me. We did it up north one time on a, on a golf trip. Uh, I did it with a kind of a shaving razor, like a face razor, beard razor. Uh, shaved Chris's head um, while inebriated at about 2 in the morning uh, in the rain uh, on a porch, in a dimly lit porch. Deck. Um, and it yeah, deck, yeah. Um, Chris's mom, I actually don't know. I think that's the most mad your mom's ever been with me. Yeah, she doesn't listen to the podcast, so it's fine. Um, my, <laughs> my dad or siblings might, but she won't. So at least uh, we won't bring that back up. I know um, I showed her a picture, and she was not happy again this time. But it wasn't as bad as yours. I still have a little bit of hair left on my head. Yeah, yeah. I remember her just saying to me, like, "What? why do you do that to Why do you do that to Chris? Why do you do that to him? Yeah, like, like, right, I, like you held me against my will or something. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but this is COVID life. I think everyone's kind of saying it's it's wild times. Obviously, um, you know, hope everyone's everyone's all right, safe. You know, for what it's worth. Obviously, um, trying to find a way to get through. We figured we'd contribute some podcast content because right now either is the time to get podcast famous or TikTok famous. Um, Chris and I both aren't super photogenic, aka Chris's haircut. So figured we jump back on the pod um, and also get some content to you guys. We got a lot to talk about, a lot to think about well, gonna, um, during all this nonsense. I don't want to cut you off, but I kind of think it's a good look for me. I'm not going to lie. All right. Well, let's move on from the hair. Okay. Um, so I, I think, like, for me, um, on the fo- I was saying, like, staying in tune with football, I've been playing a lot of football manager on my computer. For those who don't know, Football Manager is basically like a simulation game where you, it's a UK based game, really popular. They have like different subreddits. So there's kind of a big community in, in UK of football fans who play. Um, you basically select a team and you manage all aspects of the club from finances to individual conversations with players to contracts, training, player development, under 18s, everything. You're like complete football manager, um, but you don't actually play the games. So unlike like FIFA or you know video games a lot of people play, you don't actually have a con- necessary control over the outcome, which in some ways is really fun because you control everything except the game. In some ways it's really infuriating because you'll lose games and um, you know much like an actual football manager. So I've actually been playing a lot of that. I started with the Boston United in the Van Ram and North. I'm currently in League Two, sitting atop English League 2. Um, I know you've been playing, Chris, too. You say, like, i actually been playing a lot of that, like it's something new. Like, we've been playing this since 
I don't know how. <laughs> probably I, the first one I think I had was like Football Manager 2003 that you gave me when we were probably like 13 years old. Yeah. So I mean, we've been playing this like half of our lives at least. You you longer than me. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I would like. Well, I was just trying to make it seem like it's, this is like a recent addiction and a recent way to pass time. I didn't want everyone to know that like I actually did this during my normal free time. Well, but yeah. not this, not to the same extent, probably. I mean, it is like a perfect quarantine game because you can really get lost in it. You can kind of take it at your own pace. Um, it's it's really fun. So, me and uh, one of our roommates, our one of our business consultants here in the, the podcast, Andrew Lockman, uh, had a group game together. You can play like network games with your friends as well. So we've been doing that for the past couple of months, and then you and how many people are, are in our other one? Seven others? Yeah, we got like seven or eight, seven I think, or eight. Yeah. Um, I've been playing a group game where we all started in League Two, uh, drafted teams, and you know started in the middle of the summer through the transfer window, and I think like I think we have like five or six out of the top seven right now. Um, yeah, it's tight up there. It's, I, I got to log into the game and check on how I'm doing. It's fun. I mean, if you've never played it, if, if you're someone that would like always be the guy that would do the career mode in FIFA or, um, you know, like love to get like into your like scouting and recruiting and NCAA football and that kind of thing, like you, you would love it. I mean, it, it just it can take some time, but you can also just kind of like fly through it if you want to. It's at your own pace, but it's a great way to spend time. If you're a footy fan, you can start in literally like any league in the world and um, you'll discover a lot more players and kind of like think up differently about the ins and outs of how a club actually runs rather than just watching what's on the pitch. So uh, it's one of the more like fun and detailed, complex games I've ever played for sure. Yeah, I would definitely say that like a vast majority of my football knowledge comes from actually playing that game. Like in a lot of the trivia um, that we talk about and we do, it's like what countries are players from or, you know, what are the, who are the historical goal scorers or assist guys? And um, that's a lot of my knowledge, I'll, I will say, is from that game. And I got a lot of it from growing up. I remember I used to come home from like fifth grade and sixth grade and my dad would be playing on the computer in hindsight like i'm not sure why he was playing when i was getting home from school but uh, anyway that's that's probably, that's probably a conversation for another time um but i would get i would get home and he'd be playing and i'd sit down like next to him get my chocolate milk and just like watch him play this game and like that's a lot of the a lot of the way that i kind of fell in love with football especially being abroad and not being able to go to a lot of the games when i was younger so and then obviously kind of changed as i was able to go over and visit so I think anyone who's kind of like a control freak or anyone who like, I, it sounds bad, but it, it doesn't have a negative connotation. Anyone who just has like the need or feeling to exhibit uh, a lot of control on things that they do, um, you're meticulous, you're organized, like you're really going to like it. It's going to feel overwhelming at first, but I'd give it a go. The, well, um, the one thing that's funny about that though too is because I think you're right, but also you say like someone who's a control freak, but you can't control the main thing about it, which is the match. So like you set literally everything else up and then you just watch the match and uh, – like you, you have no control over it, so that that part is right. Like that's really the brilliance, yeah. Too. Yeah, anything that is yeah, the brilliance the, of it. Yeah. Um, so and that kind of segues into what we're going to cover today. We're going to cover. Uh, a little bit about the Prem. Um, so talking about Footy Manager, we don't actually play with a lot of Prem teams. And so um, we'll kind of transition into talking about the Premier League and then also focusing in on a couple teams there, kind of how this whole situation, this COVID situation is going to impact them, who's kind of getting um, you know, the greatest impact, whether it be positive or, or, or negative or even positive, I should say. Um, talking about some of the major headlines that have been happening over the past couple weeks. Uh, and then at the end, like we were talking about with Footy Manager, getting us strong on our trivia game. I've been playing a lot, so I'm feeling really confident with trivia. Um, so we're going to bring on our a, a Wall Street uh, analyst um, a little bit later on in the pod as well as get some trivia. We from, have a couple of um, surprise uh, guests as well. So 
Something yeah, to look out so there's, for. There's, our, there's our hook to stay in to the end of the pod. Don't tune out. Um, all right, so Chris, pivoting over to the Prem, you know, we're, we're thinking about a lot of different outcomes for the Premier League season. I guess for starters, like, what's your general take on what the Premier League should be doing? And do you think that, you know, are there certain kind of things you're, that are coming first to your mind when you're thinking about getting the Premier League back on track? What are the major focuses for teams and how the season should plan out? Yeah, I actually like the, the kind of the way you worded that question towards the end. So like, where's my head at, how to get back on track, what are the main like things that I'm thinking about, the main concerns of bringing everything back. And so obviously the big things right now are um, outside of like all the public safety and blah, blah, blah. Like we don't need to get into that in the pod. Everyone knows all of that. Um, but main things are, number one, do we finish the season? Uh, for most clubs, there are nine matches left in the season. Um, mm-hmm. For some, there are 10. So do we finish the season? If we don't finish the season, what do we do? And if we do finish the season, when does that take place and how does that affect future like seasons going forward, right? Because at this point, there's not going to be enough time to finish this season, I don't think, and then start the next one on time. And even if we were to finish this one, the next one's probably not going to start on time anyway. So looking at a really delayed timeline. So I'm thinking that the best thing to do um, to kind of settle the uncertainty a little bit is to do something that we're just stopping the season as is and figuring out a solution to handle promotion, relegation, and the title picture. Interesting. Obviously, the the counter-argument to that, and something I've been thinking a lot about, is you know when you kind of cut things short, in a way, um, so if you're going to say, hey, season's actually over as of the date the last game was played, in my mind, you're kind of, and this might might sound dramatic, you're, you're kind of nullifying one of if not the greatest thing about sports, which is like the unknown potential come from behind. We have the chance to win it all. You know, we have a chance to make miracles happen. Kind of Cinderella underdog stories. There's a lot of teams that, you know, are scrapping at the bottom bottom of the table who would get relegated. Um, Obviously Liverpool is on pace to win the title. And so, you know, you could argue that statistically they should get the title, but then by giving that to them, you kind of, you know, you kind of nullify any possibility or chance that they had of a, of a great slip up or a great collapse. And, you know, um, I'm not saying it would have happened or it was even likely to happen, but I think it's a dangerous game when you start to get into, um, you know, eradicating games from the schedule and just behaving as if they didn't happen and just like moving from moving forward from there. Cause then I think also you're opening up, you know, if you're starting to relegate teams, you're then opening up uh, potential, I think, legal consequences, right? Like, if I'm one of the teams that's relegated, I would sue the Premier League and say, like, I don't know how you can relegate us because relegation in the rule book is based off of a finish on a 40 game season playing every team home and or 38 game season playing every team home and away. Um, but you've just cut that cut that short and relegated us. Like, I would be, I would throw throw an absolute fit if I was getting relegated. You know. So here's here's my solution to that. This is not my like original idea. I can't remember who, where I heard it first, but this is what the best thing I've heard. End the season right now, as is. Let's start fresh next season. But the three teams in the relegation zone, which right now are Bournemouth, Aston Villa, and Norwich City, do not get relegated. And what they'll do to not totally punish the English Championship as well is promote the two automatic promotion slots, which are Leeds and West Brom right now, and play next season with 22 teams in the Premier League. Now, the nice thing, too, about this right now is there are a pretty clear one and two in the championship. 
Leeds and West Brom have a six-point gap on third place. So, I mean, it's not like that's insurmountable by any means, but at least there's a little bit of um, distance between them. And the other thing is, you can't, even if you were going to end it and relegate teams, you can't at relegate Aston Villa right now because they've played one last match than every other team in the Prem besides uh, one, I believe. Or Yeah, it's Sheffield, it United, one, right? uh, Sheffield United, Man City, and Arsenal all off 28 as well. So if they were to win their next game, their game in hand, then they jump up to 16th place. So there's no way, there's <laughs> no way you can do that. So if you're a Villa fan, which we both are, there's, they can't relegate him. It's just not, no way, right? Um, now, you look at it from the Liverpool perspective, and then I'll let you talk in a second here. They have a 25-point lead over Man City. Man City have one game in hand. So Liverpool are essentially like two wins away from the title with nine games left. They put on one of the best seasons ever so far. 27 wins, one draw, one loss. I think that most people are okay with giving them the title. I think people that don't love Liverpool will put an asterisk on it or say it's illegitimate, but I still think that the right thing to do would be to give it to them. Champions League's places, I don't know. Go ahead. What do you think? Uh, see, again, like, I, okay, Champions League places, I don't know either. I, I, I just have trouble. I agree with the notion. Like, I agree in principle personally with giving Liverpool the title. Do I think they deserve it? Yes. Do I think it's probably the right thing to do? Yes. But I, I struggle with the notion of us deciding that what's fair and not fair not fair i struggle with the notion of people deciding what's fair and not fair because whenever you enter that realm it, there's going to be subjectivity and bias well, involved i mean right? there's going to be and decisions I, and, and regardless there's got to be some type of decision right 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 which is which is why i like your decision from from a from the perspective of keeping keeping the division as is um not relegating anybody. You can bring in two teams, sure, to not punish them if, if you know if you don't want to punish the championship. Again, that ripple effect will be seen throughout English football. But it's doable um, if you want to. There's less. If you, there's less doable, teams right. in the championship already. You could do like twenty-two and twenty-two. There, there's a way you could work that out. I don't know how they would. Right. Well, let's not even talk about the lower leagues because that's right, just a whole right. other conversation. So, but so so then then moving into next season, do you? Um, do you a hand out awards based off of this season's finish? Because if you're going to say teams aren't relegated, then teams can't really win the title. Teams can't win the title while other teams don't get relegated, right? It seems kind of messed up to award end of season honors for certain teams but not for others. Um, well, so I think you kind of, I think honor, you just, but... well, you, you know, <laughs> I what know what I mean? What you mean, and I think that's a really good point, actually. I do, and I and, and 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 I think kind of like scrapping. I think scrapping the season would be the move, and then starting fresh new season next season with 22 teams or. Or you start new season with staggered results based off of where people finished last season. For example, Liverpool start the next mega season with a point, you know, with a few points in hand because of their finish last season. Therefore, their last season finish wasn't for nothing, but it didn't get them the title. Okay, but then you're like, you're talking about what's fair is fair and all this stuff, and then next season's gonna be like that. That kind of like negates that. I don't like that personally. Like, if you're gonna start a new season, let's get everyone zero points. Let's get everyone a shot at it. Like. <laughs> okay. Then yeah, like, I then feel it's that. Like a, almost like just like a longer one season at that point. Yeah, I, well, I feel that. I, well, then I, I think I think if you're not going to relegate teams, you also can't win, it, give the title out. I think as that's well. kind of fair. I, I like that. I mean, the other thing we could do, the last option that we haven't really discussed now too much, is to actually play the season out once they're able to. But I mean, I guess that's kind the of issue you, the the issue you get in you get into there, and this is one that I, I don't really know if has been talked about enough. Is player contracts right? Think about 
uh, in England, the player, traditional player contract goes from uh, July to July, right? So if you know if this runs on through looking like looking like it will through April, May, June, right? Like, and you're getting back to playing in like July. What about all the players who are like out of contract with their clubs? I think they right. Are they gonna have to like re-sign them for? Mm-hmm. A week, two weeks, three weeks. Roster, rosters could be totally different if you're going to play out the season. I think it would be like a month-long, two-month-long, three-month-long extension. They just is like automatically triggered. Um, Ooh, then, but then, yeah, then you're getting that, then you're not even making it a team issue anymore. Then you're also going to have to go into player rights as well, which is interesting. I mean, I don't really know. That's that's another totally. I mean, we're not qualified to make those decisions, fortunately. <laughs> Because that's tough, and you're just starting to deal with people's money. And I mean, we're already dealing with people's money, and that's why you see all these people want to get back as soon as they can. But um, I mean, the other thing is Champions League, which I think is probably going to be the easiest of all those things to figure out. Yeah, I think so as well. Like, if you look at the top part of the table, um, I, think there, you know, I think you just give it there's an, give it to the top five. Well, no, I meant, the, I meant the actual Champions League tournament going on right now that they're in the quarterfinals. Oh, okay, or, I see. Um, I think that they could solve that pretty easily, though. Quarterfinals, you'd make it like one leg or something at August. Yeah. And just, yeah, and just I mean, run through that in like two weeks, three weeks, and just call it good. And then you don't play the group stages until like maybe the first week of October. Like, I think they could easily work that out. I don't think that's a good deal. But the, the qualification yeah. places, that's a different conversation. I don't know. Right. I think, and I, I think, you know, going back to even thinking about. And so I, I guess point being after all this debate, we don't know what the fuck's going to happen with them deciding. And also there, there's going to be people who are pissed off no matter which way. You know, people were pissed off and people were happy whichever way they slice it. Um, and you kind of just got to hope that they take a side where whoever you support, you know, whoever you're biased towards ends out okay. So, I mean, obviously my my opinion, you know, I'd, I'd be lying if I said wasn't weight, weighted and influenced by the fact that the team that I have season tickets to and support heavily is currently in the relegation zone. So a lot of my thoughts are very defensive and preservative about the league. If I was a Liverpool fan, I would be, you know, I would be obviously like flabbergasted at the notion of not awarding the title when you're, you know, almost a game or two away from winning it all and you're 25 points ahead. So, Yeah. That's that's how I feel. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a no-win situation, but it's something that's going to have to get decided at some point, so it's definitely worth talking about. Um, good news is Palace, up the Palace, like, they're just, they're fine. They're good to go. Uh, Roy Hodgson yeah. lives on. So, anyway, I mean, it's it's a tough situation. We'll get through it, but um, anything else on the matter? Yeah, I, I think, I just want to say, like, as well, if you're a Villa fan, you're, I mean, you're feeling really good about the timing of all of this, to be honest, like, as shitty as that sounds, like, you're feeling good that your team has some time to regroup, reload, John McGinn comes back from injury, Jack Grealish heals, you know, uh, heals and gets, gets rest up, um, you get, you know, players who are out, Wesley's recovering their striker, like, a lot of teams are going to come back with players who are all, you know, full bill of health. So that's a good point. And, and, and Villa were really hit by injuries. Well, and that's the thing, too. I mean, you think a lot of these teams or clubs and like American sports, especially, too, you think about how much money they're losing right now by, with all this going on. But for a club like Villa, who, if they were going to get relegated, they would lose so much more than a four month delay of their season, you know? Um, so the, the clubs that are in the bottom four or five right now are probably feeling pretty good relatively at least about their futures with the clubs because they need those the, the money from the uh, the Premier League and the TV rights up there you go down and a lot of those clubs go under pretty quick so 
Right. Um, and that, and kind of on the, on the subject of going under and, and money coming to the clubs, one of the big headlines that's come across recently is the buyout of Newcastle United. Yeah. So um, for this one, we're going to... We're going to actually bring in our Wall Street correspondent, Andrew Lockman, um, for a quick take on the matter. Uh, Andrew. Thanks, Jack, and thanks, Chris, for uh, bringing me on here. Happy to uh, speak on the subject. Um, so, yeah, it's a huge story out of the Premier League this past week is that Newcastle United is being bought out by a sovereign wealth fund backed by the Saudi Arabian government which essentially is just a state-owned and state-run investment fund. And they're being bought for 300 million pounds, roughly $370 million. And uh, they've basically, the club has been for sale by their previous owner, Mike Ashley, since 2017. He publicly came out and said that he was putting the club up for sale. And it's, it's very surprising to me that a club with this size, with a, one of the largest stadiums in the country and a huge backing, can be bought for $375 million, knowing that a lot of uh, NBA teams go for in the billions, and this is one of the most profitable sporting leagues in the world, and most watched by far. Um, but there is a lot of uh, controversy around the subject, and yeah. Well, so talk I, on it. Yeah, no, so I think one thing that you brought up that's really interesting is I didn't really think about the comparison in terms of the dollar amount, 300 uh, million pounds, but I think a lot of that probably has to do with uh, Mike Ashley, you know, desperately needing to sell the club, the, mm -hmm. the, the cl club hating him, the fans hating him. It's been a years, years, uh, you know, coming up here. So I think that probably devalued it quite a bit. But, you know, the other thing is you got someone that's a group that's so rich that's buying it. You think that you'd be able to negotiate a little bit better there. Um, but ultimately, I think it's good that it's out of Ashley's hands. It's just yep. whether or not they went to the right hands. And it, it probably didn't. But Jack, go ahead and chime in. Yeah, I was I was just going to pose a question back to our our correspondent. Does this make them the wealthiest team in 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 England, world football? Kind of where's the, where do they stack rank as a result yeah, well, of this of this that's, buyout? That's a very interesting question. And you know, if you look at the numbers, they're saying that they're basically going off of the Saudi Arabian government and saying that they're ten times as rich as Manchester City, which was previously the richest club in the Premier League, putting them at. 320 billion versus 32 billion of Manchester City in terms of their <laughs> <Jeez>. wealth. <laughs> and so really So I guess I guess but, the, but the, the question then the, is the interesting thing really here is that we're in the middle of like the biggest oil crisis in our lifetimes and that's really how both of these countries make the majority of their living. So it's really their whole, the prospect of how much they're really worth is sort of up in the air at this point. That is a really good point. Oh, okay. Did, did you see this as like a kind of, I don't know, a lot of people talk right now about like buying into the real estate market while interest rates are low. Do you see this as like a, um, a move by the Saudi government or this investment fund to kind of like diversify their assets while they are, yeah. you know, so. Yeah, I mean, that goes back to the point that it seems cheap um, to be able to buy a club of this size and um, for how much money the Premier League brings in, it probably is a good investment for them. Okay. But the, and then, that and then also kind depends of, on how much they spend on their players. And that is true. the well, most yeah. interesting prospect for me. Exactly. Yeah. So and and that kind of that that go kind of goes down the the next, you know, the following thought is okay, this massive club comes in or a massive you know, massive uh, group of wealth comes in, buys this relatively big club. Newcastle have a lot of history. 
Um, I think back to Alan Shear, Kevin Keegan, um, you know, in the late mid nineties, um, you know, they were a big team. I was actually born near Newcastle. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I don't have any affinity for the club whatsoever, but, um, if you think about their fan base, very loyal, they, their home, uh, St. James's park, their home, home ground is what? 75, 80,000, uh, people, I think it's seats. Um, they're, they known, they're known for traveling well. What kind of, I'm curious, so like, what do you guys think is going to be the trajectory in terms of their rise to prominence? Because obviously, I mean, it seems like they're going to get a lot of money thrown at the club right. very quickly, well, right? And if we think back to Man City, you know, Man City didn't really do it in the year one or year two or even year no, three. No, but they did spend a lot of money right away, but it wasn't just the best investments. And really, right now, they're not that good of a draw because they don't have, they've basically been a team fighting relegation for the last two seasons. They don't have a high-profile manager, and they don't have Champions League football. They just have a lot of money and can offer high wages. But, I mean, right. the prospect of it, – it's almost like you can go back to the NBA thing. You're talking about valuation. It's, you know, when a, an NBA team becomes what we call like a super team, it takes one big guy to go there, and then other mm -hmm. players rally around that. And I could see that happening again. It's almost like even looking at Wolves, right? Like they got all these Portuguese players to come over there. It took one to get in the door, and now they got all these great Portuguese players – like right. a, a lot of money will attract talent and people want to play in the Premier League. Um, I've seen that like, Griezmann linked. Yeah, I, I mean, I've seen course. all these Photoshop pictures of Mbappe, but like if you can pay the guys enough, they'll go play in one of the, one of the most, uh, probably the most prestigious league in the world. Like it's not that far fetched, you know, it's not going to take them that long to get the Champions League if they can attract that kind of talent, or at least that can be the, the mindset around attracting players there. Yeah. So timeline, timeline, guys. Do you think uh, Newcastle wins the league within the next ten years? Well, just put everything on hold because it, this whole purchase of Newcastle is still yet to be decided, and it could take another two to three weeks to be approved by the rest of the Premier League. And there is a lot of controversy around this purchase, with some of the reasons that we've talked about, but also including like human trafficking problems in Saudi Arabia, as well as um, them illegally streaming games in their country and not paying off some of the biggest uh, sponsors of the league. So it, it still is yet to be finalized, but long-term trajectory, I think it would probably be less than 10 years if they could spend the kind of money that they have. Well, it wouldn't be the first takeover I've seen fall through, and Jack, with the amount of footy manager we've been playing, I'm sure you'd say the same. That's true. You know, Andrew That's plays very as true. well, but no, I mean, of course, there's a lot of things to still, you know, the dotted lines still got to get signed and whatever, right? Um, and I could see things falling through. That's interesting, though, Andrew, what you say about how you, know, you think the trajectory would be less than ten years. I mean, it's. It takes a lot still. It's a culture rebuild. I mean, Steve Bruce is their manager right now. Mm -hmm. Like, they're not, like, just ready to flip the switch and all of a sudden, within a couple of years, they're going to have the, the players, the manager, the, the chemistry. I think there's definitely a possibility it'd be within 10 years, but um, it's not quite that easy. Yeah, I think – so I think we're going to go off the assumption, obviously, that the buyout co goes through, right? For any, yeah. any of these projections. Let's just assume, let's just assume yeah, everything I mean, goes what else through. We have to talk about, right? Might as well speculate. Right, right, right. Right, right, COVID. Um, I, I think 10 years is pushing it. I think 10 years, like, like, mainly because look how steep the competition is at the top of the table, right? right? Like, I don't really see anybody, you know, beating Liverpool easily or at length i mean over the next like three three to five years three, right they got a wealthy young yeah, talent at least three years they'll be right at the top yeah at least three years right City um, man city are going to continue 
Man City are going to continue to reinvest. Um, in that time frame, you've got a bunch of other teams who have really, really wealthy owners. Let's say Aston Villa stay in the Premier League and start to make a, a run as a historically, you know, top end of the table team. You've got Spurs who just invested in, jo- you know, Jose Mourinho. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got Chelsea with their youth movement. Like, you know, and that kind of brings us back to the age-old topic of how competitive it is at the top of the table. So I think... I think in and you saw this with Manchester City. Manchester City bought out, went out and kind of got some some bounty hunters, right? Some assassins, some high name profile players who came for big money early on and didn't quite pan out. Like most notably, Rubinho um, came really early and was just kind right. of a huge flop. And I think I've you'll seen, you'll see that on right the now, in, I've seen initial wave. Of William, which I think would be someone that could have a similar. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 you know, if you look at, let's, let's take a look at Sheffield United in seventh place, right? And we've talked a lot uh, this season on the pod about how a a, a, a blades, uh, a good team and a good management style, uh, as well as good tactics can get you further in the table than really, really strong individual talent, right? You know, you look at Arsenal who probably have the most prolific striker in the league, uh, this season, um, you know, in, um, Aubameyang is who sit in ninth. Right. And so I think, you know, it's one thing to be able to go out and buy, I guess in short, it's one thing is to go out and buy really, really good players and get big names in. But it's another thing to alter, like Chris said, the culture in your club um, and have the infrastructure to go and win a Premier League title because it's a long season and they could be longer if they end up adding more teams. Yeah, no, I, I think that's those are all good points. I mean, um, the, the competition is pretty fierce. There's a lot more clubs involved. Um, Wolves, Leicester, some of the Everton, some of these other clubs are like ready to kind of push the the top six already. But um, who knows? I mean, what? How many players do you think they would need to sign? Like, what types of players in the near future could they sign well, to get in contention in the next season or two? Do you think? I, one thing on this is, I just want to say, like talking about what players they're going to sign is the most exciting part, probably, and hearing the Mbappe whispers of <laughs> three hundred million pounds, which is basically what they yeah. bought the club for, <laughs> and. <laughs> I think it's really important, though, if they do have ambitions of trying to win the league to get the right manager in place, and Steve Bruce is not that good man. So I think the prospect of getting someone in like Pochettino Ooh. and giving him the kind of financial backing that he didn't get at Spurs, it would be really interesting to see what kind of players he would bring in. I love that. Ooh, yeah. Any any other takes for manager favorites? At, that one um, I absolutely love. Um, but... I've seen, like... Allegri um, from Inter, and mm-hmm. as well as of course Rafa Benitez, his name thrown back in the hat, which Always he's got to just be hating his life that he couldn't get a dollar to spend on anyone, and then as soon as he leaves, they get bought by one of the richest owners in the world. He's just like perennially linked with Newcastle or linked out of Newcastle. Yeah. <laughs> like that's just how I think yeah, about yeah, Benitez yeah, now. Yeah. Always either like yeah. going to Newcastle or on his way out, but. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's it, it it's tough. I think I think thinking about you know big name players that they could go after soon. I think about they they need to target players who they could give immediate playing time to in the Premier League, guarantee starting positions, and pay Champions League top team wages. So I'm thinking about players like Jaden Sancho um, over from from Dortmund. Um, I'm thinking. I mean, he's one of the few that come to mind. I'm thinking. Um, uh, You're thinking some Jovic from Real Madrid. I'm thinking like those are the type of type of names that I'm I'm thinking like Vinicius Junior. Um, players who are really really big profile names, but then aren't necessarily in their team every single. What about week. like uh, Gabriel um, Jesus? 
Yeah, I think Aguero's on the way out, and I've talked about that before. Well, what about you Aguero, know, older. Yeah, He'd but that's the thing. That's, that, that's the thing. That, in Spain, I would think. Well, well yeah, he's already said he wants to go back to Argentina. But th- that's the thing. That's the thing that that um, that's the classic debate that Newcastle are going to run into with this money. Is they're going to be tempted to go and buy big names at the back end of their careers to sell tickets quickly, sell kits quickly, and get people in the ground. That's that is silly. Um, do they have enough money to do it? Probably. Um, but then, you know, they, that's not what they need to do in my opinion, right? They don't need to buy some of these players on the tail end of their careers. They need to buy people who still are in their, you know, early twenties in their late teens who to go prove themselves and kind of build a young team that can win over the next five to 10 years. Yeah. And they probably you know? won't, but it'll be fun to kind of watch them fail if they do. <laughs> the, the other thing the, the other thing that's interesting is how are they going to finagle if they throw this kind of money at it? How are they going to, you know, finagle financial fair play? Because Manchester City did a lot of this when financial fair play regulations weren't as strict or weren't uh, in play, really, to what they are today. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, it's Manchester City, as far as I know, their ruling, I has that even been finalized? If they've been ruled out of Champions League play for sure yet? I, I don't know. Yeah, I think their, their appeal is still yeah, pending. exactly. So, but that that is a good point, and... If they spend too much money, then, yeah, they'll be in a similar situation where they'll be under investigation for spending too much money. Okay, so then the, to, to kind of round out the, the topic, I'd love to hear from our Wall Street analysts and co-hosts. Um, if you are Newcastle United, you could buy any player in the world right now for this upcoming, or, you know, for this upcoming Premier League season, TBD on when it starts, who do you buy? Who do you build your team around? So you go first. It's the same answer, I'm sure. It's Mbappe. <laughs> yeah. It's obviously well, Mbappe. Yeah, if money's not a, an object, then yeah, 100%. Okay, why why killing Mbappe? Cuz I think he's the he's still so young and he's faster than just about any player in the world and has just an eye for goal. He's finished on every level. He's already won a World Cup and like helped lead that team. Um, he's just a winner. And uh, a goal scorer. It, it, there's no one like him. Yeah. And you want a forward. I mean, you build your team around a forward, I think, if you, if you can mm. at that age. See, interesting. I, 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 th- I like to think I'd opt for more of a, a central midfielder to kind of dictate the game. Maybe Billy Gilmore, Chris, <laughs> over from Chelsea. <laughs> oh my God. But, 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 but in all seriousness, I think I would look towards the middle of the pitch before I looked okay, well, then um, name a player up top. That's better than a And then and, – Right. Well, I'm not necessarily trying to say who the but like who do you build your team around, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, we pick Mbappe. Prob- who do you pick? Yeah. Uh, guys, 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 guys. Um, I think it's hard to argue with Mbappe. I'm just trying to play I devil's know you advocate are. That's why I'm here. trying to make you pick something, you fool. Right. Maybe Phil Foden. Maybe Phil oh Foden. My God. English Eng- English Did player in the middle play? of your <laughs> English English player in the oh, middle of your attack. I, I'm just oh you know. My God. Maybe Wilf. I would probably buy my team around. Actually, no. No, you know, you know what I would Jack do. Grealish, I'd yeah. buy Jack Grealish. I buy Jack Grealish. I make him club captain, um, and I win the Premier League ten years. I don't years think Jack Grealish even do. makes that move to a non-Champions League club right now. Yeah, I mean, I hope not, but that's what I would do if I were Newcastle. It, I'd be in his okay, ear. Okay, it's Mbappe. I mean, come on, yeah. Jack Grealish versus Mbappe. Jack Grealish is like my favorite player, and it's Mbappe. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna say Grealish <laughs> there. But anyway, we'll agree to All disagree. All right. Well, um, I think. Any, anything else from either of you guys? 
on this. No, it'll be interesting to see what comes of it and uh, what they do over the summer in the transfer window. Yeah. Uh, well, Andrew, thank yeah. you for coming on. I'm sure we'll have you back at some point here. I really Thanks appreciate the insight. Yeah. Um, longtime footy fan, knows a lot more about finance and business than Jack and I combined. So good guy, good guy to have on here. Um, Jack, shall we transition over to trivia? Yeah, let's jump into trivia next. So um, we're going to be bringing in uh, kind of running trivia a little bit differently. This is a, an idea from co-host Chiss, not me. Um, Chiss is trying to build some suspense. He's trying to get our trivia to go against each other. So, Chris, can you kind of explain the format? Of what yeah, we're, we're going to have it? a guest host come on here. We're gonna, Jack and I are going to have the exact same uh, trivia prompt. We're both going to have, I believe, 60 seconds, but the host will inform us on our time. And uh, Jack will go first, and then I will come on after and go through the same list here. We'll try not to bore you guys too much, but I think it'll be fun to hear one of us go one by one, and Jack will be able to kind of talk a little bit of shit to me as I try to get through the list, too. So let's go bring on our guest here in a second. All right, this is Brady Kreitz, your guest trivia host. I'm here with Ridge, and I'm going to be asking him a question. Ridge, you have 60 seconds to answer this question. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Since the inaugural Premier League season in 1992-1993, there have been 10 teams that have been relegated from the Premier League three or more times. You have to name those teams, and you have 60 seconds. Are you ready? Your time Do I get unlimited, an unlimited answers? Unlimited guesses, yep. All right, yeah, 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 yeah. Your time starts now. Okay, uh, Newcastle? No. Um, Middlesbrough? Yes. Blackburn? No. Sheffield Wednesday. No. Um, Southampton. No. West Ham. No. Ma Manchester City. No. Watford. Nope. Crystal Crystal Palace. Yes. Um, Norwich. Yes. That's all three. That's right? three of ten right now. Three of ten. Fuck. Yeah. Um, uh, Burnley. No. Wolf, wolves. No. Blackpool. No. 15 seconds. Um, Leicester. Leicester, yes. 4 of 10. Um, West Brom. Yep, that's 5. Um, 5 seconds. Um, Birmingham City. Yep, that's 6. Time's up. You got it. Right at the whistle, you got 6 out of 10 with Birmingham City blue nose scum <laughs> that was pretty impressive i'm not gonna lie like a lot of these teams i would not expect anybody to recall like bolton was on there oh shit uh, i should have got I should, they're down in league one right now yeah let me go through the list from most relegated to least relegated so middlesbrough crystal palace norwich city sunderland and west brom have all been relegated sunderland times. yep yep um birmingham city which you got have been relegated three times lester you got three times uh, Bolton, Nottingham Forest, and Hull City were the last three, each being relegated oh. three times. Should have gotten those. To be fair, should have gotten those. Should have yeah. done better. I was, I was, I for some reason I thought there was only three teams. I but it was three or more times. Okay, that's right. That's my. That's on me. That's on me. Okay. Well, I think that you did pretty well, and I think that Chris is going to trip up here, but we'll see in a second. All right, let's do it. All right, cool. I'll go. I'll go grab Chris, and we'll get going. All right. All right. I'm here with Chris. And I've got our Premier League trivia question of the week. Whew, I'm a little nervous. Jack already won. I have no idea how he did here. So uh... I'm not going to lie. He did okay. okay. Um, I'm, I'm pretty impressed. 
You're going to have 60 seconds to answer the question, Chris. This is about Premier League teams. Okay. Since the inaugural 1992-1993 season of the Premier League, there are 10 teams that have been relegated from the Premier League three times or more. I want you to name as many of those 10 teams as you can. 60 seconds. Your time starts now. Okay. Uh, Wigan? No. Birmingham City? Yes. Uh, Derby? No. Portsmouth? No. West Ham? No. Um, Newcastle? Wolves? No and no. Norwich? Yes. Burnley? No. Um, uh, <laughs> man. Um, yeah, two of ten. Fulham? So nope. West Brom? Yes, that's three. Leeds? No. Um, oh my god, this is difficult. Okay. Uh, Bournemouth, Sheffield United, Sheffield Wednesday. No Sheffield teams. Um, Everton? Uh, nope. Take a breath, dude. <laughs> I'm stressed. Okay. Uh, Southampton? Sunderland? Sunderland, yes. Southampton, no. That's okay. four out of ten. Uh, Brighton? Nope. Uh, Crystal Palace? Yes, that's five. Um, five seconds. Five seconds. Oh, well, we're out of time. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, um... Time's up. <laughs> Chris finishes with five out of ten, just missing out on... The sixth, which would have given them the tie against Jack. Oh my God! Jack Let's was able go. to get one more than you were. Let's so go. I'm going to read. I'm going to read through them. Um, there are five teams that have been relegated four times. Five that have been relegated three times. You missed Middlesbrough. Uh -huh. You got Palace. You got Norwich. You got Sunderland. You missed West Brom. I said West Brom. Did, you, you said, said West, West Ham. I said West Brom later. He got West Brom. Did he get West Brom? I said West Brom. West Brom. Okay, that's my mistake. That's my mistake. He still so got five. Six. And he still got five, though. I, no, you still uh, got five. Um, okay. And then of the teams that have been relegated three times, the only one you got was Birmingham City. Um, Leicester, you did not get. Bolton, you missed. Okay. You missed uh, Nottingham Forest. Mm -hmm. And Hull City. Hull. Oh, my God. That's, yeah. a bad, that's an easy it's one. It's a bummer. So Ridge takes home the V this time. Victory to Ridge. <laughs> Hey, cheers. Uh, so wait, so Chris, out of that one, I, when you started going Portsmouth, you got, because you got Birmingham City right off the bat, I, and then you went Portsmouth, I thought for sure you were going to get Bolton. I thought you were like dead on the trail. Alphabetically, though. No, 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 not, I'm not uh, saying like alphabetically, I'm saying like thinking of teams that are like in League One, kind of way down there, bottom part of the championship. I, I think it's too much on teams that are in the Prem right now and not as much on teams that are in the Championship or, like, League One. Funny thing is, I actually said both the Sheffield teams as well, thinking that they would be answers. Um, I mean, I, I thought a lot of the answers I, I put in there were going to be decent. That's a good question. I thought uh, – I, I got Middlesbrough. You didn't get Middlesbrough, and I got Leicester. Middlesbrough, I should have gone. And you, but you got, got some – Middlesbrough you, and Hull are the ones that I'm most pissed about. But you got Sunderland. I didn't get Sunderland. Oh, yeah, that, that's bad. You should have gotten them. Yeah, I know, I know. All Import right, well, I like this. How do you feel about this format? Um, I like the format. I like, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of want to respect the second player's guessing and not interfere too much, but I think, you know, we could chime in with a bit more, some deterring comments, you know what I mean? I just Smack didn't want to... Yeah, I, just I mean, I kind of wanted to get feedback on you, but I like that I came in totally blind and not knowing how you did. Um... But I also think, I don't know, if I would have known what you would have gotten. Oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I don't know if it would have helped or not. I don't know. I don't know. Well, that's the thing. So next week we'll switch, and I'll go first, and then you'll come in second, and I'll, you know, I'll have that knowledge. But I think it'll be fun, because that way we can at least square up head-to-head. -head. When we do 
I mean, you and I pick the questions for each other. It's too tough to really like make that competitive. Right, 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 right. That's fair. Um, and that kind of rounds out the rounds out the episode here of Just Goes to Show. Yeah, Brady, thank you for coming on. By the yeah, way. guys, thanks for having me. This was fun. Yeah, yeah, appreciate it. There, we got we got uh, trivia host Brady Kreitz. We got our Wall Street analyst Andrew Lockman straight from he's back trading. I think right now markets are open somewhere. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know we're covering COVID action, Newcastle buyers. Um, you know what we're doing to stay involved with football. Obviously, tweet us your thoughts. Um, let us know what you guys are doing as well. Expect some more content over the next few weeks because what the hell else is there to do? Um, and everyone stay happy and stay safe. I think that's how everyone closes everything out these days. Every email signature yeah. I sign is stay safe. And just goes to show. Everybody's human. Till next time.